Welcome to the Avoiding Divorce Podcast. My name is Steve and I want to welcome you to and thank you for listening to today's episode. Just a quick reminder, we do have a email address, avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. That's avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. Please feel free to email us. Let us know about your situation or if you have any comments or questions feel free to email them to that to that address and we will um, take that under consideration for future podcasts that's avoiding divorce at gmail.com and once again thanks for listening welcome to episode 16 of the avoiding divorce podcast i'm your host steve I want to thank you for listening to today's episode. In the first segment, we're going to be talking about a topic that I've alluded to in the past, but we haven't spent a great deal of time on to deep dive, and that is the topic of the walkaway spouse's fog. Um, sometimes it's referred to their fantasy bubble. Um, sometimes it's referred to um, as their uh, own perspective and um, sometimes we refer to it as them rewriting history and and I think all of those are apt descriptions and, and obviously there are when it comes to the fog that the walkaway spouse uh, has their head in um, it certainly is apt to look at it in all of those various ways and, and, and it has aspects of all of those things um, interrelated into the walkaway spouse's fog. Now I want you to go back to the day that your walkaway spouse came to you and said that they wanted a divorce. If you're like most left behind spouses, you asked why? or some variation of that question. And the walkaway spouse, depending on the mood that they were in, may or may not have answered right away. It might have taken them a couple of days to come back to you with a why. But typically, the reasons that they give start to be characterized in absolutes. They say things like, you never blah 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 or you always blah 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 they will always kind of characterize the behavior that they're pointing to in you that caused them to want to walk away from the marriage as being an absolute and of course our natural inclination to that is to push back I wasn't always mean and controlling. I wasn't always reacting in a negative way. I, and, and it's important to realize that when the walkaway spouse has their head in this divorce fog, that they've convinced themselves now that this is the right approach that they need to take in order to find their own happiness, it's important to realize as the left behind spouse that no amount of trying to fix their logic, fix their perspective, change their mind, really is going to work. 
And even though we're not talking necessarily in this segment about your reaction to the walkaway spouse's divorce fog, I want to start out by clearly saying that this segment is not an excuse for you to break avoiding divorce principles. The fact of the matter is, is the walkaway spouse's perspective is their reality. Their own sense of what is true, as skewed as it may be, is just that, their perspective and their sense of truth. So fighting against that is is probably a futile battle that you certainly don't want to waste energy in engaging in. But it is important to realize that a lot of walkaway spouses have similar actions and similar things that they go through and it can sometimes help the left behind spouse to understand why or some of the motivations behind why the walkaway spouse is thinking this or saying this or looking at this. And so going back to the day that you heard from your spouse that they wanted a divorce or they didn't want to be married anymore or they loved you but they didn't love you anymore or that they loved you but weren't in love with you anymore, it's important to remember that from that point forward, a lot of what comes out of their mouth is probably not grounded in truth. There may be elements of truth to it. There may be some basis of fact for what they're saying. But normally when people start out a sentence by saying, well, you always blah, or you never blah, usually that's obviously not true because there are really no absolutes in life. But the fog that a walkaway spouse is in when they get to the point where they're actually ready to verbalize to their left-behind spouse that they want a divorce or want out of the marriage is real. And it's taken them usually months, at least weeks, and sometimes even years to get to that point and to justify the fact that they're walking away from their marriage, to justify the fact that they're breaking the marriage vows that they took before witnesses and God, their brain has had to do some mental gymnastics in order to justify to themselves the reasons that they're ready to walk away and ruin lives, your life, the life of your children, if you have children, and even people on the peripheral of your life that will be affected by your walkaway spouse's decision to walk away from the marriage. And so it's important to realize that one of the motivations for those mental gymnastics is to justify to themselves that what they're doing is okay, is not wrong, and is something that is going to lead to a better outcome for them. Now, if you took a poll of, of most spouses, 
on their wedding day or, or you know, the first week of marriage, hardly anyone would raise their hand and say, yes, I think that I'd be willing to break my vows at some point in the future. That's just not the way that we go into marriage. Most people go into marriage with the understanding that they're taking a lifetime, lifelong commitment and that they are holding to those vows that they repeated and said to their spouse on their wedding day. And then things change. Pressures of life come in. The day-to-day drudgery of life comes in. The relationship's no longer exciting. You know, Some people are very addicted to that limerence phase of relationships. And, and when you, you're in a long-term relationship, you just can't maintain that incredible butterfly in your stomach in love feeling and and some people have a tough time with that and so at some point after the wedding when the realities of life start to set in people can start to start justifying in their mind why it's okay to walk away from their marriage he or she doesn't treat me the way that I think I should be treated he or she wasn't the same person that I thought I was marrying. All of these types of of things start to play tricks on the walkaway spouse's mind and start to get them to justify why it might be okay to go ahead and break those vows and walk away. And so a lot of the things that you're going to hear them say, a lot of the justifications that they're going to make don't make sense to you because they aren't true they they don't have other than maybe some basis in fact they they're they're not absolute truths the fact of the matter is you probably never or you probably don't always when they say you never do x that's probably not true there are probably times when you have done x but in their mind it's been so few times that it might as well be never Or if they say you always react negatively when I spend money or hang out with my friends or whatever whatever it is that they say, the truth probably isn't that you always react negatively, but you've reacted negatively enough that in their mind they think using the word always is justified. And then there's the rewriting of history. So sometimes the walkaway spouse will say, well, the marriage has never been good. It's always been bad. We've always had a rough relationship. I've never been happy. Usually the left behind spouse hears some variation of that justification from a walkaway spouse. And again, while there may be some basis in fact that they were unhappy through large parts of the marriage or the the marriage has been or the relationship even before marriage was rocky doesn't mean that there weren't times when they were happy there weren't doesn't mean there weren't happy times and so trying to point those things out to them really probably isn't in your best interest the fog that the walkaway spouse is in 
after they've made the decision to walk away from the marriage and actually verbalize that to you is probably not something that's going to be easily broken. And, and as a left-behind spouse, you need to understand that the fog that a walk-away spouse finds themselves in after they've dropped the divorce bomb on their left-behind spouse really is their reality now. It's really their thinking. They've probably actually verbalized this to other people, whether it was co-workers or confidants or counselors or their affair partner. Now, a lot of times, and, and I've often said on this, on this podcast, that a lot of times, by time a walkaway spouse is ready to actually walk away from the marriage, they are involved with somebody else at some level, whether it's an emotional affair, whether it's progressed to a physical affair, whether it's just a really intimate friendship with a member of the opposite sex. That relationship with this other person is making them feel safe, safe enough to walk away from their primary relationship, from their marriage. And that feeds into this divorce fog as well, because maybe that limerence phase we talked about a few minutes ago is something that they're dealing with. They're not thinking with their full faculties because they have an in love feeling with this other person. They're getting those relationship butterflies in their stomach from this other person. This other person is fulfilling this excitement that may have been missing in their marriage. And so because of that, their brain is not fully connected to reality. They're now doing these mental gymnastics to justify walking away from their spouse, pursuing this relationship with this new person, whether it's a fantasy relationship or whether it's an actual relationship. And when I say fantasy relationship, I mean the other person hasn't even allowed the relationship to move forward to relationship status. In the walkaway spouse's mind, that's the direction that they're headed. And that's what they're running for. And so this fog is so thick around the walkaway spouse that there's really no way to penetrate through it and get them to see reality. So all of this mental gymnastics that they're involved in, all of this rewriting of history that they're involved in, all of these absolutes that they're pointing to as justification for why they're, they're leaving you is part of this fog that you have no power and no control to lift from them. Now, if you follow the tactics of this podcast, it can give you the tools necessary for you to back off 
and give them the time and space that they might need to have this fog lifted naturally from them. But you're not going to be able to take any action proactively to remove that fog. No matter how many truths you tell them, no matter how much logic you use, no matter how vehemently you bust their justifications, they're still going to run forward with what they perceive and what they want to be their truth. Absolute truth, or I'm sorry, objective truth, has no place in a walkaway spouse's mental fog. They're going to reject it, they're not going to accept it, and they're going to continue to push forward the narratives that they want to push forward. So kicking against that is really an effort and futility and something that you as the walkaways or as the left behind spouse really don't want to spend your energy on. Your energy is much better spent in backing off, removing all pressure and pursuit, giving them the time and the space that they need, focusing on going out and rediscovering that life that you once had, self-improving to the point where you become the best version of yourself that you can be, and really trying to learn to be happy by yourself, understanding that you have no control over what your spouse thinks, says, and does, and that that is now your reality. So embrace, embracing the reality of the fact that your walkaway spouse is surrounded by this divorce fog and there's no way for you to penetrate it other than backing off and hoping that it, through time and space, disperses itself is the only thing that you can do. And so there's a lot that goes into all of this that we don't have time in this segment to get into, but if you focus on what we've talked about through the first 15 episodes of this podcast, you'll be in a much better place to deal with your spouse's divorce fog during the limbo period of your situation. So hopefully this has helped give you a little bit of insight into why the walkaway spouse is thinking and feeling what they are and why it's really not a good tactic to think that you're going to break that fog that their mind is in once they've verbalized to you that they want out of the marriage. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side of the break, we'll have another uh, subject to discuss in segment two. Thank you. Welcome to segment two of episode 16 of the Avoiding Divorce podcast. I'm your host, Steve. Once again, thanks for listening to today's episode. In the second segment of today's episode, we're going to be looking at a couple of questions that came in recently um, and addressing them for all of the listeners that might be struggling with similar things. And so the first question that we're going to look at is... How do you go out and recapture the life that you once had when 
in your situation when the, when you have kids involved. And this is a question that comes up occasionally from left behind spouses because they're struggling with how to go out and recapture that life they had before they had kids now that they have kids. And I think sometimes we, we look at our situation and our kids and we think, well, we, you know, we can't, we can't do some of the things that this podcast espouses because there are kids involved. And if you really step back from it and look at it logically, there's always ways to go about doing things and still be a parent to your children. And so what I tell a lot of left behind spouses when this question comes up is obviously you should be a parent first. So be the best parent that you can be for your kids, especially going through this marital strife, which they probably, if, if, if they haven't been told yet that mom and dad are separating or getting a divorce, they cer certainly are starting to see signs that there are problems between mom and dad. And so whether you're the father or whether you're the mother, the point is, is that you focus on being the best parent that you can be for your kids. And obviously there's a lot of different situations. Maybe you're in-home separated so both parents are still in the home. Maybe the walkaway spouse has moved out of the home and therefore you need to get a uh, custody agreement in place during that during that separation. But whatever your situation is, there's gonna be times when you're with your kids and times when you're not. Just like while you were married. There were times you were with your kids, whether it was as a family with your spouse or whether it was you, your spouse was off doing something different, you were with the kids. In those settings, when you're with your kids, Always be the best mom or dad that you can be for your kids. But there's going to be times when you're not with your kids. Maybe they're with a sitter or they're with a relative or they're with your walkaway spouse. Because after all, they're still a parent. They still have rights as a parent. Those are the times when you need to be going out and recapturing that life that you once had and we've already covered what that means in a previous episode of this podcast but I want to make sure that you understand that that doesn't mean you go back to living a single life as somebody without kids it's never been the intent of when I tell left behind spouses to go out and recapture that life it's not to go out try to meet members of the opposite sex. It's not to go out and live a, a partying life or, or anything like that. It's starting re-engaging with some of your old friends. Make new friends. It's, it's recapturing or re-engaging re in activities that you once enjoyed. Hobbies that you once did and maybe you set aside. Those are the types of activities that we talk about when we say go out and recapture that life that you once had. 
doesn't mean become a single person again, a single person without kids. It means understanding that you are now a parent and you need to find constructive outlets to keep yourself busy when you're not with your kids. And so hopefully that helps those of you that have children and you're a, you're a left behind spouse and you're struggling with bad advice from the podcast. You need to be keeping yourself busy when your when your attention and your focus isn't on your on your children. And that's really what we mean by going out and recapturing the life that you once had if you have children involved in your situation. Um, the other thing that I would advise is sometimes left-behind spouses are tempted to try to find excuses why they can't engage in the tactics that we espouse on this podcast. I have kids, so I can't go out and recapture that life I once had. It's not true. It's simply not true. It's a balancing act, just like everything else in life is a balancing act. When you're with your kids, you're your kid's parent. When your kids are away from you, then you engage in constructive, productive outlets so that you keep yourself busy, you keep your mind occupied, and it keeps you from falling back into bad behaviors that set your situation back instead of move yourself and your situation forward. The second question that I'd like to tackle that, that came in via email was a listener had a question about remaining emotionally even and whether you can remain emotionally even to a fault. And it's a really good question and it's one that I would like to address. And the question was really based on the idea of being emotionally even versus being stoic. And controlling your emotions versus hiding your emotions. And I really hope that the listeners of this podcast do not think that the advice on remaining emotionally even is advice to become stoic and unemotional or that we should be hiding our emotions in order to manipulate our walkaway spouse in some way. The listener that pointed this out even went as far as to say that that doesn't seem genuine. If you if you're having emotions to be stoic or to hide them isn't being genuine to yourself. And I agree with that. And when we talk about remaining emotionally even, really what we're talking about is not being emotionally reactive. I've talked in this podcast before 
about taking a step back from your emotions and responding versus emotionally reacting to things that your walkaway spouse says or does. We're not trying on this podcast to tell you to stifle your emotions or to hide your emotions or to somehow run away from your emotions. Absolutely not. Part of understanding what you're going through is feeling the emotions that you're feeling. Naturally having the emotions that you're having. But that doesn't necessarily mean that those emotions have to inform your words and actions. And that's really where the difference comes in. As an emotional creature, as a somebody who naturally has emotions, don't push them down, don't try to stuff them away, but control your words and actions apart from your emotions. Let me give you an example. If somebody comes up to you and insults you, your emotional reaction might be to return in kind and to insult them back. That's not always the best course of action. If you think about a professional setting where somebody insults you, maybe it's a higher up that insults you, to turn around and react in kind is probably not in your best interest. So feeling the feeling of being insulted, feeling the feeling of being embarrassed, feeling the feeling of being angry are all natural to that situation. But that doesn't mean that you have to turn around and react to that what you should do is step back from those emotions consider the best course of action and then respond with that course of action so in that situation if it was a boss or a higher up that insulted you the better course of action might be to go to HR and report the incident rather than flying off the handle in the moment and jeopardizing your career. And so the same thing happens in our situations where our spouse says or does something that we might want to react emotionally to. In the moment, we might be compelled to act emotionally too. But stepping back from that reaction and taking the time necessary to really consider what's best for our situation, the course of action that's best for our situation, is really the better response to that situation. So it's really about not letting our emotions control us and therefore controlling our emotions in a way that lets us respond appropriately to the situation rather than react negatively to the situation. And that's what it's about. This listener also said or asked me the question, do you think that you can 
be emotionally even to the point where it does harm? And I, and I think that's a good question that I'd also like to quickly address. And I think that because our society deals in absolutes, you know, either you're left-wing or right-wing, there's no in-between, we have a tendency to look at subjects like this in absolutes. And we have to be very careful, as we talked about in the first segment, with absolutes. So remaining emotionally even to a fault probably crosses over into the area of becoming too stoic and being too robotic. And, and so I, I, I'm very careful to say that you need to control your emotions, but you also need to feel those emotions. You also need to deal with those emotions. And that's why one of the things that we espouse on this podcast is getting into individual counseling to help you through your situation. It's important to deal with everything that you're thinking, everything that you're feeling, and have an outlet for that. And so a good individual counselor can certainly help you navigate those emotional waters and help you kind of balance between being emotionally even when you should be, not being emotionally reactive when you shouldn't be, and helping you deal with those emotions appropriately so that you can then respond appropriately to the stimuli that's causing you to feel that way. And so hopefully that helps you. So I wanted to address those two questions in segment two today. Hopefully those questions from listeners and the answers that I gave to them will help you. Feel free to, re- to follow up um, to the podcast in any way you, you uh, feel necessary. If you've got questions, you've got comments, if you just want to share your situation, remember we do have the Avoiding Divorce email. It's avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out to us, and we'll help you in any way that we can. Thanks for listening, and as always... Do whatever you can to avoid divorce. Thank you.